The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield today. And as we start, we're joined with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics. Mike, hey, thank you for joining us. But before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to all of our men and women who have served in uniform. Thank you and a happy Veterans Day. And Mike, a pretty interesting picture. If you follow Mike on Twitter, you've got to go check it out. So Mike, tell us a little bit more about your family history there. Well, I come from a pretty long line of vets, uh, oldest brother, dad, grandfather, father-in-law, a lot of uh, World War II vets. I was one of the later of the uh, kids in our family, but uh, dad served in World War II in the Navy, and uh, my wife's father served in the Army in, uh, in Korea. Uh, in fact, my grandfather uh, won his citizenship of the United States for fighting in World War I for the United States. So very proud day in this family, and I'm sure it is in all families in America. What a great day. Now, Mike, let's switch over and talk about trade. What a run-up here in wheat today. But before we really start breaking down our broader commodities, let's talk about that U.S. dollar index, a 17-month high today. And it's interesting, it was about a week ago, prior to the midterm elections, we were talking on Final Bell, and you said what to watch coming out of the midterms was that U.S. dollar. We're hitting a new high. What does this mean for the global economic picture? Yeah, it's deflationary, and I think this is where it goes back to the, the impeachment process and the mixed Congress now that we have and the, and the rhetoric coming out of the midterm election and the fact that we have already seen in Florida and Arizona and some key states uh, in the Senate uh, some issues when it comes to who's going to win or who is yet to win in some of these races, Clay. I think by and large, and this goes back to a special report I did several weeks back on the midterm elections. If anybody wants more details, just get a hold of me on that. But this goes back to the idea that President Trump's policies, for the most part, fiscal tax, uh, bringing companies back in terms of tax money back, uh, his, uh, his uh, pulling back on regulations uh, since the Dodd-Frank and the financial crisis, all these policies have been inflationary, and even his uh, some of his sanctions policies when it comes to the Middle East and, and cutting off crude oil from Iran or Russia or some key areas in the Middle East, that too drove crude oil prices higher, and that too could be considered inflationary. The more you pull away from President Trump's, the more you pull away his policies, I should say, the more you pull away from the inflationary bias in the dollar. So the more we walk towards impeachment and the process going forward, I think the more we uh, are going to see deflationary mindset, stronger dollar. Don't look for any favors from the dollar when it comes to the commodities. And what's really interesting, typically when we think a higher U.S. dollar, we think, okay, that, that goes against our, in, our export ability, so that's worse for our grains where we export so much grain and, and, of course, livestock as well. But really, when you take a look at it from a corn and cattle heads perspective, it's, it's okay. You could handle it. Yeah, it goes back to the supplies, and this is where I, I think you're right, corn and cattle and even wheat. I mean, I think this is where you had a 3.5% higher day in soft red wheat, even though, you, like you said, we had a 16-month high and a literal surge in the U.S. dollar. And so you have to ask yourself the question, does the U.S. dollar have less influence on prices in certain commodities going forward because of a lack of competitive supplies? I do think wheat fits into that category to a degree because compared with Two years ago, compared to the 2016-2017 marketing year, production levels in Australia are down 45% this year. In the European Union, they're down 5%. In the former Soviet Union states, those 12 countries, 
they're down almost 13%. So we have a window of opportunity in our supplies to capture some extra demand. And I think the trade is finally starting to wake up to that in a real sense, and especially after they tested all those critical support levels a week or week and a half ago. Now the big question will be, can we bust through that major channel trading range high of five and a quarter on a weekly close? I think that's the thing to be watching out for either this week or next week. If we can, then we could probably change the whole trend mindset in the grain complex to instead of going just sideways, we maybe start to have higher highs and higher lows. And talking about if we could have the strong moves that we had again starting the trading week out today and continue to see that through with that five and a quarter, probably very achievable. Let's talk about the double digit gains made here in Chicago wheat. Where are we seeing that bullishness come from? Yeah, I think these export, the export mindset, I think also, Clay, you're probably looking at a situation where we're dialing in some more crop progress problems. In other words, some more winter wheat planting problems. Um, because of the fact that we had some snows and some pretty inclement weather over the last week, I just came back from uh, north of Wichita, Kansas, at the Kansas uh, Beef Convention, uh, and we we talked about that uh, a lot in terms of uh, farmers and ranchers from Oklahoma and and central and west Kansas, and even the Panhandle of Texas. Some of the people I talked to were telling me they still haven't gotten their weed in the ground. It's really maybe going to be a, a significant impact on the overall plantings uh, when it comes to the hard red weed. So if you're listening right now and you heard what I just said, then it would make sense to me that the hard red wheat would start to pick up some support uh, with the soft red wheat. And that's interesting today that the hard red soft red spread went to its 2018 low of negative 26 cents. So we've got a major discount in the hard red wheat. I would hope that we would start to see that reverse itself and give us some extra support from the hard red wheat because the soft red can't do it by itself with the strengthening dollar in my opinion. Another quick question when it talk, comes to supply black seaweed. Everybody's been kind of okay when are they actually going to start dwindling on supply and let us know that Russia's come out twice and started to say they might curb exports then they backtrack on that so any type of gains made are quickly erased. Going into 2019 will we finally start to see maybe the black sea back off there? I think we already have clay, but they're playing it very wisely. They don't want to sell any more cheap wheat into the export market. And so if the wheat drops in price to a certain level, I think they start talking up the idea they're going to limit exports. So I think exports are out there for Russia and for Ukraine, but at the right price right now instead of just giving it away. And I think that's how they feel at this stage. And the last three weeks of rhetoric kind of point me in that direction. A lot of grain talk stuff. Livestock coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. We're talking with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics here on a great Veterans Day. Again, a big thank you to all those men and women in service and those who have served. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield, Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics, talking the trade with us today. As we take a look, soybeans taking a little bit of that gain back from Friday, but we're still ahead of where we were. Overall, and we maybe found some underlying support, especially with a potential South American meeting. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think also we have the potential for some rain damage out of Argentina. We, we hear that in places like the Santa Fe province over the weekend, there was about seven and a half inches of rainfall in some localized areas. And so I think you're right on the money there, Clay. These two things are keeping the beans aloft and uh, allowing them to essentially not even look at the other fundamentals and that big, fat fundamental out there of massive, massive uh, excess supplies. 
and I say massive because we are really close to a billion bushels. I don't think we'll end up being at 955. I think we will trim that carryover level in the January report some, but it's still going to be massive, and we've got a lot of producers holding. In fact, uh, I think it was Bloomberg that had a big story on the amount of plastic bags being used uh, across the country, whether it's in Illinois or North Dakota. And uh, one, I think, elevator in North Dakota in particular is looking at, uh, I think, handling uh, 2 million bushels of crops in plastic bags, whereas last year they did about 400,000 bushels. Uh, This is one of these things where I think the beans and the crush margin and the meal are probably going to create an environment where we're going to go back down and test support. So quite frankly, I'm in a hedging mindset this week. If I can get up to and above that 935 level in Nov 19 beans, I'd want to get some hedges in place again and continue to scale up sell if I get opportunities to. Soybeans very dependent on politics and global politics between the U.S. and China. In our first segment, we talked about coming out of the midterm elections, what that's kind of doing. U.S. dollar wanting to show maybe a little bit deflationary, and it's kind of in the mindset, what will a split Congress do with the Trump administration? Does President Trump, has he lost some of his negotiating abilities now with a split Congress? I think he has, but more importantly, I'm not sure he sees it that way, um, but, but more importantly, I think the president of China feels as though that he is able to be a lot tougher with the United States. And in fact, the Financial Times just ran an article where the president of China, Xi Jinping, gave a new presentation or a new speech, and he brought back a Maoist term of self-reliance. You know, they are moving more towards a true communist mindset, it seems to me, politically, and that would suggest that it's going to be very nationalistic. I'm hopeful that both countries want to get something done, but I have to be also a risk manager for clients, and if I see close to 950 November 19 beans, I feel like that given the uh, the prices uh, for cost of production that I'm looking at in 2019, uh, and given the uncertainty that we're dealing with in other areas, i.e. a crush margin, that has slipped from $2.20 a bushel in July down to a dollar this month and is nearing its 2018 lows. These kind of fundamentals are not going to go away very quickly along with those big supplies. Now, let's switch over to livestock now. Today, a mixed trade for live cattle, red day for feeder cattle. Last week, we saw cash finally start to move again, somewhat of a stagnant trade, just a couple dollars lower than what we'd seen. Has that trend kind of stopped once again on cash, and are we just going to hang here in the balance for a while? I think it has plus or minus one to three dollars when it comes to fat cattle. I wouldn't be as optimistic in the feeder cattle just because of the technicals and the chart. I, I want to say that the feeder cattle want to have some support here, and especially in the January contract, which is now back closer to 143. I, I would be looking to be more of a long bias in feeders if I could get below 140, 138, somewhere around there. I think the trade today could be and should be, if you ask me fundamentally kind of the same trade that we see throughout the course of the holidays where the hogs lead the upside they keep the premium because of the seasonality and quite honestly the december hogs right now at 56 and a half are still trading over six dollars discount to the cme index and we've got these hogs coming closer and closer now about a month away or a month and a week away of going off the board and interesting to see the feb hogs actually are carrying the same premium that the CME cash index is. So to me, these hogs look a little cheap. We've got a Christmas seasonal coming around that's favorable for the pork, maybe a little bit more negative for the ground beef and the box beef. So I could see where the hogs would want to keep some premium, especially in light of the African swine fever. 
And talking about hogs there, we see quite a bit of carry there in the calendar. Once you get into February, it's another 6 bucks back up to April, and then it's a solid 7 back into May. Could we continue to see that type of carry, or will some of these calendar spreads start to narrow up? I think we will continue to see that type of carry, Clay, but that's a great question because if we see the African swine fever go away or start to be uh, dealt with less and less in the news and by the Chinese and by the Eastern Europeans, we'll probably start to close those spreads up between especially like the February and the summer months. So it is certainly something to watch, and I think you really do want to be careful about where you hedge. And It's kind of like the corn and the beans. You want to sell the carry. You want to sell the premium. Because if you can lock in a profit, it's a profit no matter what happens, whether the market goes against you after you hedge or after or be, uh, after you hedge or it goes in your favor. If it was a profit once, it's still a profit. Again, we've been talking with Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. If you like what Mike's talked about and you want a two-week free trial, mention the Rural Radio Network when you visit his website, globalanalytics.biz. That's globalanalytics.biz. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.